For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The U.S. men's national team headed into Estadio Azteca and they got the result they needed. They got a draw and that means the job is a little bit easier as we uh, head into this game against Panama, but it's still an absolute must win for the U.S. men's national team. However, Panama is not just going to roll over on us. They absolutely need a result as well. And to find out a little bit more about the Panamanian national team, I have brought in an expert. Uh, she is the host of Deportes Artefese and Telemetro. She is Nicole Ferguson. She is an absolute Panamanian national team super fan. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and telling us a little bit more about this Panama national team. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Hi to everyone. Yeah, I do on field for our national team. Uh, it's it, it was insane because um, now we know what happened and um and we have yesterday's results yesterday was a game that it was a must win for panama at home as usual we have our calculator and we know that you have to win home games and then you could probably draw away games and that's the formula to get into the world cup now panama had um i think one of its uh worst collective games uh last night against honduras um obviously against a head coach that knows this very well, Hernan uh, Gomez. It was his first time back into Panama at Estadio Romel Fernandez during a, a qualification game. So um, we, we kind of complicated ourselves because going into these third, uh, these three final games, our math was probably winning against Honduras, which is last place and they, they have no um, possibilities to get to Qatar and uh, probably draw against the U.S. and draw against Canada or even lose. But with yesterday's results for, for us, it, it was very amazing. To, we were probably expecting the U.S. to, to, to tie in, in Mexico, and, and that would that's a great result for the U.S. Um, I think it's like four consecutive times that you don't lose actually against the mm -hmm. Mexican team, which is, which is a great run for the U.S. But we weren't really expecting uh, – Canada to suffer that way against Costa Rica. I think we all kind of thought that Canada needing only one point to secure a World Cup spot was going to go into Costa Rica, win, go back to, to Canada and celebrate on Sunday. You know, we're in the World Cup and then come to Panama already qualified. Uh, so everything kind of changes. I was telling you, Sam, before we started that this is practically to the last game, depending on what happens on Sunday. Well, Panama was in the 2018 World Cup, a uh, big result for Panama. What does being in the World Cup mean for, for Panama? Um, tricky situation that we went in, kind of what's, what's coming down right now. Very similar, yeah. When we went into the, the last game um, against Costa Rica, we weren't, we weren't trying to get a playoff spot. We were out practically. We didn't, we didn't have a, a, a World Cup spot secured or not even a playoff one and then um strange results happen you know the u.s losing against an eliminated trinidad y tobago was something that nobody expected uh and we actually got 
we went to the World Cup directly. Uh, for us, it was an insane night. I, I remember being there that night and having my my cameraman. He asked me like ten times. He's like, "But are we in?" <laughs> I was like, yes, we're in. But but are you sure we're not going to play? I was like, "No, we're in." Because mathematically, we we never actually thought to be in a World Cup. For us as a country, it, it's it's more than amazing. We had never lived something like that. It was. It was grand. I don't know if you saw the celebrations. I mean, the whole streets of Padua were closed. The president says, like, free day the next day, uh, day off for everyone. And um, it was it was insane. It was really insane and something completely unexpected. Probably that's why we expected these last three um, FIFA dates to be a bit um, less complicated. We kind of thought that we had you know, we've been there. We're a bit more mature. We know how to manage times and, you know, such is soccer. <laughs> well, that, that 2018 Panama team had some great names. Uh, guys like, let's see, Blas Perez, Jaime Pinedo, Luis Tejada, uh, Felipe Beloy, Gabriel Gomez. Uh, a lot of these guys aren't in the squad anymore. A lot of these guys retired mm-hmm. after the World Cup. So it was a, a big turnover for, uh, for Panama in this World Cup cycle. Uh, what was the expectation after losing a lot of those guys and, and having to bring in a new a lot of new players in? Have players grown into those places and replaced those guys? Uh, how how has Panama fared with with just a lot of turnover after that 2018 World Cup? Football might be over, but MLS is coming back and Champions League and European soccer are in full swing. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play all your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. I think we weren't actually expecting to be at the doors of a possible playoff. Uh, birth or a world cup spot because we actually lost our, 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 our backbone. If I could say that, because we lose our, our best uh, goalkeeper that we've had in our country, Jaime Pinedo. And then we lose Felipe Valoy and Roman Torres, which were our center backs that were, you know, hundred games yeah. and were the backbone for so many uh, world cup processes. And then in the middle our, our go-to guy had always been Gabriel Gomez. He's the he was that person that balanced out the team that you know gave it. Um, we we say in Spanish que impone el ritmo, which which kind of means that he manages the times, you know, on field. And then we lose our our two highest goal scorers of our country, Blas Perez and Matador Tejada. So yes, as um, to a certain point, I think that we never imagined that with new guys this quickly they would adapt to this new system and adapt to you know using our national jersey which is which is a, a big thing you know for latin american countries it's not the same like club as you know wearing your, your your jersey um i think that many players actually have filled those spots in the case of roman torres and felipe valoy we have andres andrade who plays in armenia bielefeld of, of germany and fidel escobar and i think that they have occupied those spots 
perfectly. Uh, Luis Mejia, which is our, our goalkeeper, has also um, filled in uh, Jaime Penedo's boots very well. There was this kind of, uh, it was controversial last uh, World Cup process under Bolillo Gomez because um, Mejia has always been playing, had always been playing in Uruguay. And for us, it was kind of amazing that he never got called and he was never part of the process. He wasn't even like the, the second or third goalkeeper. And he was always under Jaime Penedo in experience, in international experience mainly. Um, with Aníbal Godoy, who plays in, in MLS in Nashville, we have Adalberto Carrasquilla, who kind of has occupied that spot for, for Gabriel Gomez, an also player of MLS. He's in Houston Dynamo. And I, I, I actually do think that they have occupied uh, very well those spots. I think that maybe during these final games, they are so young that we haven't been able to manage um, anxiety we haven't been been able to manage uh, that uh, anxiety of of having to find that goal. Like we're good when we're winning, but when you know when when you get scored, we kind of lose our focus on field, and that's what happened yesterday. I think that comes from veteran players that give you know the other young players a little bit of uh, calm on field. Yeah, some, some some losing a lot of legendary players will do that to you. And I, I got to say, I mean, there's certain players that I think about that just give me nightmares. And Blas Perez will always be one of those players. He seems to always score against the United States. And I'm quite happy that he's retired at this point. Blas is, um, Blas, our Blas is your London Donovan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, so in the last matchup, the U.S. went down to Panama and we lost one to nothing mm-hmm. uh, in a really tough game and, and Panama made it very difficult down there in uh, Estadio Ramo Fernandez. Uh, playing away in CONCACAF for the U.S. is just a, a legendary thing. Uh, people talk about how difficult it is, the climate, um, how uh, the fans are just so intense. Uh, what is it like in a home game um, in Panama and, and what do you guys try to do to get every advantage that you can? Um, you know, I've been asked several times, why doesn't Panama play like at four o'clock in the afternoon or at two, like Honduras has done also. For us, it's not even that good because it's too humid, it's too hot, and our players suffer, your players suffer, and it's not good. So playing at eight o'clock, nine o'clock games is actually pretty good for Panama also. And it's good for the for the away team. I think that Romel Fernandez, uh, one of the the main characteristics is uh, it's very humid. Just basic characteristics. Have you been to Panama? I have been to the Panama airport. Okay, well, Panama is super humid. Like, imagine, like, Florida. But, like... Well, I live in Louisiana. It's very 20 humid 20 times time. worse. Yeah. 20 times worse. And then um, at the Estadio Roman Fernandez, uh, people tend to chant all along. And then fans are practically are very close. So then that makes it more difficult. Um on that game in, in against the U.S. here, I was kind of actually surprised that Greg Berhalter went out with a practically MLS team to play yeah. Panama, and he left all your all your your European names. And I I it gives me the impression that he was a bit um I don't know the word in English confiado. It's like you are you're looking you, past the team, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of got that feeling going out with with not your best because your best players were there. They mm-hmm. were not there. Well, Gio Reyna was the only one that had been um, 
injured, yeah. injured for a while. But your best players didn't go on on field. I'm in seven changes compared to your first game. So also I think kind of there that we were lucky that that the U.S. kind of went down to Panama not thinking that it would be such a tough game. And you bring up Greg Berhalter. Let, let me ask about uh, Thomas Christensen. How has the Panamanian fan base felt about uh, Thomas uh, throughout World Cup qualifying? They love him. Panamanians absolutely love Thomas Christensen. Uh, they, they, really, they do. Like he's done tons of commercials here, um, and uh, mainly because uh, Panama plays a different game under Julio Cesar de Valdez, under Hernan Gomez. We have always been a very defensive team, and we have always been uh, we, we kind of like um, go on counter attacks, and that's how Panama was historically. You know, most of our goals actually came. Even though Blas and Tejada were our main goal scorers, last World Cup process, most of our scores came from defenders, from Roman Torres, from, from Fidel Escobar, uh, not necessarily from our forwards. Christian said has has changed the Panamanian style of, of, of game. We we kind of like there's not there's we don't see many long passes. We see how we try to go out um, from our from our goalkeeper and you know try to like short passes. Um, trying to push forward, but in in a very orderly fashion, and it's it, it it's actually quite um it's entertaining to watch Panama play because of this style European style of game. You know, lots of movements. We call it tiki taka. I don't know how you call it there. We got the, the tiki taka Barcelona style yeah. of trying to move forward, and that's mainly why the fan base also really likes how Panama plays because we weren't accustomed to this style of game. So let's talk about uh, Sunday night in Orlando. Uh, should Panama win this game, what would it take for them to do it? What, are, what, are, what would be the game plan that they need to uh, go into that stadium with in order to beat the U.S.? Zero anxiety. That's, the, that's mainly what happened to Panama yesterday. Um, actually, we have something that sometimes we actually play better away games than home games. Like our, our, The pressure is, is for the visitor, but the pressure is also for the for our home team, um, they they want to win, of course, uh, with their people there. But but that, that there's a lot of anxiety when they jump on field. I think Panama will uh, have probably the same lineup. Uh, the only difference would be that uh, yesterday uh, Jorge Gutierrez, our um, our left back, made his debut in our national team because Eric Davies, which is our our starter had um, had two yellow cards. So he will probably start on Sunday against uh, the U.S. And I think that would be probably the, the only change that Panama would make. That's the team that has had us up to this moment with uh, a, a possible playoff spot. So that's what I expect to see on, on Sunday. Probably we might see uh, Jose Luis Rodriguez, which is in the second division of, of, uh, of Spain. He went out as a, as a starter Yesterday he might not be on field. I didn't think he had he had the best game. That might be an, another change, but I would expect us to go out with uh, Rolando Blackburn as a forward and and all the other ones. And whenever you look at this United States team, what what are some things about the U.S. that that gives Panama some concern going in? Um, it's a very, it's a very, well, the U.S. has has lots of speed. 
has lots of speed and, and we've seen it um, through so many players, how you can just move forward in a blink of an eye. Um, I think that one of the, the things that, this is going to sound so bad that I say it, but like, for example, me, when I saw like Brendan Aronson is not going to be there. It's yeah. like, that's like for, for, for us that are, that are going to play against the U S oh, like, he's, he's one of the best men that you have. And Brendan think, Aronson, Tim Weo, Weston McKinney, Serginio uh, Dest, they're all going to be out. Uh, Chris Richards, I think Chris is not Richards there. Is out, yes. uh, Turner. I mean, for, for the U S you've, you've lost so many of your starters during this whole um, this whole process to the World Cup, uh, but for Panama, the main concern would be one: we have to be orderly because even though these five uh, players are not going to be there on Sunday, the U.S. has demonstrated that you can either win a, a Gold Cup with your A team and you can win a Nations League with your B team. You know that's something that we have seen. And uh, that's a big concern for all the countries that are around. And to a certain point, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that the U.S. is is not in number one because the, the if you, when you see the starting lineup of the U.S. players, where they play, how they play individually in in their clubs, it's like Berhalter has a Ferrari right now, who's yeah number one right now, mm-hmm. and um, mainly uh, speed. Speed, I would say, is the main concern for Panama. It sounds like you just picked up a lot of American fans with that last statement, Nicole. I think uh, that's going to resonate with a lot of people because that's kind of how how a lot of us are feeling right now uh, about World Cup qualifying and how the U.S. has performed thus far. Uh, but I want to ask you about CONCACAF, about the region. Uh, I know over here in the United States, we always focus so much on the U.S. and Mexico, uh, the two traditional powers in this region. Mm-hmm. I know Canada has come up and just been incredible throughout World Cup qualifying this year. Uh, and they're producing some players. I mean, Alfonso Davies is among one of the best left-backs in, in the, the world. world. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he, he's been absolutely tremendous. Jonathan David is just a fantastic striker. Uh, but I'm curious, how do, where does Panama see itself within, um, w- within CONCACAF, and, and how do they see the region? Is it still Mexico is the giant? Where do you see the U.S. in there, Canada? How, how do you see CONCACAF? Um, there's still a lot of respect for the teams, but it has certainly changed in the last years. Um, probably years before, I would have said that we had never dreamed about um, having a draw against Mexico here at home or um, practically or almost having that game in Azteca. Years before, we had never dreamed of something like that happening. I think that the gap has reduced in CONCACAF. Um, amongst all the all the teams actually because we saw it yesterday Honduras last place came here drew with Panama and now we're out of the playoff spot so i think that that's actually important it's good for the region because it gives little a little bit of more of uh competitiveness before it was you know just leave the us go just leave mexico go and we'll battle out for that third spot but you know from years um from years back I think Panama, Costa Rica, Honduras, we all think, you know, hey, we could we could do this. Uh, soccer has grown in, in every one of, of our countries. Um, our leagues are better. Our leagues are improving. Um, we have many players, just like the U.S., that, that play internationally. Um, we had never had one player playing in, uh, in Germany and in the in first division. We have players in the second division of, of Spain, in, in MLS. And um, that's important. That's something that we've also seen in all other uh, CONCACAF um, 
CONCACAF countries. Um, I think that the perception has changed and uh, I applaud that because even though economically, if we see every league, like we can't compare our league to the Mexican league, for example, or we can't compare our league to MLS league economically, but the talent is there. And I think that's very important for what we're seeing. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting in CONCACAF right now because, you know, Honduras had a really strong team and then a lot of their players retired and they're rebuilding. Uh, Costa Rica had a really strong team and a lot of their a lot of their players are still playing, but they're quite old at this point, uh, and they're not quite the same players that they used to be. And like we talked about, Panama had had a great generation of players, uh, and a lot of them have retired. So there's been a big reshuffling, uh, and, and it's it's been interesting to see how that's played out with like Honduras just not just being a shell of their former selves, and Costa Rica and Panama kind of still fighting it out, still still very much in the mix for, for a World Cup qualifying spot. Uh, but but you mentioned uh, Liga Mackies, you mentioned MLS. I'm curious, I know Panama is is quite close to South America. Uh, so players, uh, Panamanian soccer players coming up have a lot of options uh, as to where to play uh, their professional soccer. Uh, mm-hmm. is, has MLS become more of an option for the Panamanian players? I know we see a lot of uh, MLS players throughout the Panamanian lineup. Uh, how how have how has Panama seen the growth of MLS over the last let's say ten years? Um, a lot of our our major players uh, have played in MLS. Um, when we went to the World Cup with Roman Torres, he was a player at Seattle Sounders. Blas Perez played for for FC Dallas. Uh, our captain plays for Nashville. Our other one of our best players, Caraquia, plays for Houston Dynamo. I think definitely the dream still is. Um, Going to South America first, if you can go to go to South America, which has been very good for Panamanians because you get to play in Copa Sudamericana, Libertadores, which are very important tournaments uh, with a very high level. And then the dream is still to get to Europe. You know, the, the dream is still to get to Europe, to second division. For us, a second division in Spain still is probably a better option than MLS because you can still make that jump to the first division, maybe not in Spain, but we have player in 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 Belgium or in other countries, but MLS. I think that it's it's important because um, Panamanian players can find a certain stability. There's a financially the the MLS uh, gives players an economic stability that some teams and some clubs in other countries don't provide that. So I think that it will always be a, an option for Panamanian players to go to the MLS. And we've seen the level. I mean, if you, if you take a look, um, the U S with their, their MLS players, uh, beat Mexico, for example. Yeah. 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 What a nation's league. So I think that speaks very highly to the level of the, of the, um, of the tournament. All right, so I, I think we're getting kind of towards the end of this. I, I want to uh, put it to you. Uh, what do you think is going to happen Sunday night? What, how do you think this is going to go down? I was at that game in Orlando four years ago, and I remember the feeling <laughs> of that game. Um, the, the outlaws, I think you call them. The American outlaws. The yeah. American outlaws on the sideline, and then you have this big flag and the fireworks. <laughs> and when we saw that, like four years ago, we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is oh like we're like, what is going on? This is insane." Uh, I expect that to happen again, um, but I do hope, expect our country to play with a with a clear mind, remembering that we did get that important three points against the U.S. here 
for us, a win is the only option. That's the reality. A win in the U.S. is the only option for Panama right now. So, All right. And I'll, I'll we, finish I, it I, off. I'm sorry, Sam. I hope we win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope we win. <laughs> I'll finish it off with a fun one. So I have a tradition that anytime the U.S. plays, I uh, eat food from the country that we're playing on game day. Uh-huh. So what should I eat for Panama? Okay. And you're going to be in Orlando. So it's going to be pretty tough. Where are you going to find Panamanian food in Orlando? Um, let's see. Something that you might find in Orlando. Patacones. Patacones is fried plantain. I think you can get that in Orlando, right? You've had know. fried plantain Maybe. before? Uh, yeah, I have. That you should get in, 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 in Orlando. You can get, uh, you, you will be in Orlando? Yes. Or in yes. Okay. You can have uh, fried plantain, chicken soup, or uh, rice with chicken. Rice with like chicken, chicken is pretty standard. Rice with chicken. No, but not like rice and then chicken. No, it's got to be, you know, mixed. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That mixed. It's got to have that little yellow, uh, that yellow Latino color. <laughs> Throw in a couple of olives and some corn and some some peppers. But I think maybe those three, you can find them in Orlando. I mean, there's a lot of uh, Latin people in Orlando. I feel, yeah, like, yeah, you I feel like I'll be able to find some rice and chicken somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. if not, I'll give you the, the, the phone of a cousin who lives there and she'll make some rice and chicken for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just knock on the door. Hello? <laughs> All right, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. This has been really awesome learning about Panama. Uh, one of the frustrating things for me is that we just don't get a lot of coverage, especially English language coverage of a uh-huh. lot of the teams in CONCACAF outside of Mexico. Uh, so, so we know about Mexico, we know about Canada, but, but outside of that, it's hard to, to learn more about these teams. So, so I appreciate you coming on and, and kind of illuminating some of that. Uh, can you tell us where uh, people can find more of you? Uh, of me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drop your, oh, okay. uh, your socials, your Twitter, your Instagram. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter or Instagram. I'm Nicole Ferguson, Nicole with two L's. Uh, on Twitter and, and on Instagram. And I put a lot of information on uh, regarding our, our national teams and other sports, uh, NFL, basketball, et cetera, et cetera. And, and on Instagram. And then I always put videos up of what's going on on field and everything. So That's true. You're, you're, you cover the NFL. So what's going to happen with my Saints this year? I know we missed out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I know we got to go with uh, – it's probably going to be Jameis Winston. But, but what are you thinking for the Saints of the NFC South this year? Oh, oh no. And Brady's back. <laughs> I mean, when, when Brady retired, you're like, well, there might be a shot. Something might be out there. But then Brady was like, hold my beer. I'll be back one more season. So I don't know, man. Um, it was a tough afternoon in Louisiana, whatever. Tom Brady unretired. There yeah. was a lot of us. I remember uh, a, a few of my friends were just sitting in a room together. Just nobody speaking. Just just like. Right. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, that, that, it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough division, and, you know, having Tom – I mean, you're not the only one. I, I'm pretty sure people back at Green Bay were like, oh, my God. It's like, this guy's back. Uh, like, Rodgers is like, oh, no. Uh, where are my, all my records, you know? Uh, so, for, for any quarterback, having him back is not a good thing. Like, the only ones that were really happy were the Bucks fans. Um, but, yeah, but you're better off, you know. I told you I'm a Giants fan. Um, um, if we win four games this season again, then, you know, yeah. at least I'll celebrate four times. I don't know if I would trade places with you right now. I think no, I'm no, 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 don't, don't, don't. You have a, you have like a couple of, 
you know, good players there were, you know, we live off of history and past, um, past good times. (laughs) Well, you've had some recent good times more than the saints, but we got to wrap this up. Uh, So guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like subscribe. Uh, If you want to DM me on commentario and Espanol, and I'll try to reply to you in Spanish. So you can help me learn Spanish. It's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, So, Thank you so much to uh, my tier two subscribers, uh, Manuel Arivedes, Mike Irish. Uh, and, and guys, thank you so much. We're, we're coming to the close of World Cup qualifying. I'm so excited for this period to be over. Hopefully the U.S. qualifies. We take care of business and we can think about the World Cup from here on out. Uh, for Nicole, my name is Sam and this is the Yank Report. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.